I can't do all this stuff by myself. Can't do all this stuff by myself. But we have some people on. Thank you guys for for coming on tonight. Um, we have issues with the system and everything, so be patient with us. But we are here on tonight. We're excited about tonight. We thank God for allowing us to be here on tonight. You know, this is the love month. Anybody that know me know that I'm excited about the month of February um, because I am a love, love, love person. I love, love, no matter how I come across, no matter if it's um, black or white, it don't matter. I just love, love. Um, so we're on here. I do show that we're active and we're live i can hear us um i can see something on my page so thank you guys for coming out on tonight i am your sis mikey and welcome to eve's talk and i have a i have the privilege on tonight to introduce um dr regis no he's not just a doctor he's just not a preacher but he's also my friend um and i'm excited about having him on tonight um, before we start books out, um, he have a book on relationships. Um, it's a compass for companionship, dating in the right direction. And then he have a newly written book. It's called The Eye in the Storm, Surviving Storms, the Storms of Life. And so um, I don't know how they can get your book. Can they get, can you tell us how they can get your book? Can they get it on Amazon? I'll put it. Uh, I'll put the information in the chat for you. Okay. Okay. So you guys, he have two books. Hey, support our our people. Support black preachers, black writers. Support us. This is Black History Month. 
Um, so we want to um, always support each other. Amen. Amen. Y'all know I'm a church girl. So we're talking about this thing called love. And last week we had um, my sister Brandy Epps that came on. And so this week we have my brother, Dr. Regis, that's on here. And um, I didn't change the questions um, that I asked um, Brandy because I wanted to get a different perspective, a male perspective. And so tonight we're going to start by asking them same questions that I asked on last week. Um, I'm excited about and curious to know what our Regis is going to talk about on tonight. Um, he's my friend, so I know he can be kind of controversial a little bit, but we're going to see. We're going to see what's, what's cooking in the, in the crock pot for us tonight. But I do believe that it's going to be a blessing. And also, I want to tell you publicly, publicly, um, being a woman in ministry, um, it's difficult. It has been difficult in my life. And I've, I told you this personally, but I wanted to tell you this publicly. I want to thank you for being my brother. I want to thank you for protecting me in ministry, uh, making sure that I'm always um, safe, that I feel safe, that I feel like you got my back and it's important to me. Um, so I want to publicly thank you for just making that room for me, being a woman in ministry because it's really really difficult for a woman in ministry even in 2023 so i want to publicly thank you for making that space for me and always considering me you always no matter what you're doing you always consider me consider me and i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart <laughs> so on tonight y'all we're going to talk about this these love questions and so um let me see. I want to ask you, um, what is your definition of love and how does it look in your reality? Um, so, Mike, I want to thank you for uh, having me on your show. Uh, it's a blessing and a privilege. Um, just appreciate you for your friendship. Uh, I'm going to try not to be too uh, controversial tonight. Um, but diving in right into your first question, definition of love. Um, I, I literally believe that like uh, wholeheartedly, I believe that that love is the ability to stick. Um, I think that I think that sometimes we make we make this mistake um, of trying to find perfection. And and what I've always believed and still believe is that there are no perfect people. But I do believe that there is a perfect person for all of us when it comes to uh, the idea of romantic relationships. Uh, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, uh, but when we meet people, fundamentally, I believe two things. Uh, one, that I'm broken. Two, that they're broken. So now what do we do? And and the problem is, is that when when we find when we try to find perfection, there's there's no there's no energy put forth when we're trying to find uh, perfect people. We don't have to deal with uh, the ugliness of another person. We don't have to deal with being pissed off at another person. We don't have to be, deal with the moments of silence. We don't have to deal with the poor money management of other people, uh, finding unexpected um, negative things about another person, unhealthy sexual appetites about a person. And so, and so I honestly believe that those things are unavoidable in a relationship uh, because we all have issues. We all are broken. And just because my issues are not your issues, that doesn't mean that that you don't have issues all the same. Um, and so 
And so I believe love is the glue to another person's brokenness. It's it's easy to throw away something when it's broken, but but when you love somebody, um, the difficult part is to help put them back together again. It's the it's the time, it's the patience, it's the attention, the details. It's the it's the cuts that we sometimes sustain while trying to put somebody back together again. But moreover, but moreover, because a person is broken. And because you're willing to help put them back together, I believe that love is the glue to allow us to help put a broken person back together. Because when you break, you're going to want that same kind of glue. And so I just believe that love is literally just the glue that holds any relationship together. I like that. Um, I actually really, really like that. That brought me to something that I was going to ask my my guests for next week. It was... um, you know, I have these favorite parts of the Bible where um, it just it just give me different perspective. And it reminds me of a part in the Bible when um, Isaac had lost his mom, Sarah, and his wife um, that he had met. The Bible said even after she had already been gone, the Bible says that she comforted him. Some some other translation says he she was she comforted him and um I believe that when we use love as the glue, then we can heal. We can heal people in places um, that that they probably didn't even have any idea that they could be healed in. And I do believe that love is a glue. I believe that it holds um, hope together. It holds family together. It holds relationships together. So I believe that that love could be a glue that yeah. keep people together. Yeah, I think if you if you think about it. If you think about it, the greatest act of love is forgiveness, right? Yes. But you would never be able to truly uh, forgive somebody until they've hurt you. And so sometimes we go into relationships with this idea that this person is not going to hurt me. They're not going to disappoint me. They're not going to upset me. They're not going to piss me off. But only until you can truly be able to forgive somebody will you be able to truly say that you love somebody. And you'll never be able to do that until you've first been offended by them. Yeah. Yeah. If if love is not the root, then you won't make it because you're going to go through so many. Me being married before, you're going to go through all different types of of storms and tribulations and. Uh, forgiveness, you're going to be offended. You're going to be offended multiple times. But if, if if both people are not rooted in real love, love, it won't, it won't last. So that brings me to my next question, because we live in a society, we live in a place, we live in a world where we kind of get what love is mixed up with other things. So could you tell us what love isn't to you? What love isn't. And we understand that, you know, we got to go through all the difficult times. We got to go through, we got to have forgiveness, all those things. But for the sake of those that that those that have been abused in relationships and those that have stuck it out through everything, what what is it that love isn't to you? So I think you know, when we were chopping it up about this idea, um, you know, of of not waking, you know, 
Awakening Love Before It's Time. You know, we we had those conversations. You know, so what I what I think love is not is I don't think love is a game. That's what I don't think it is. Uh, you said a gimmick or a game? A game, a gimmick or a game. It's it's not okay. a game. It's not a game. I think that you know, uh, you know, with all the, you know, the the red roses and you know the smiles and the kisses, uh, there's a there's a seriousness, you know, to love because, you know, when 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 the honeymoon phase fades away, you know, then there's some seriousness, you know, to it, and that that deals with other people's uh, proclivities. Uh, you know, they're bad habits. And so love is definitely, for me, it's it's not a game. It's, not, it's nothing you play with. Okay. Um, I, I believe that it's not a game as well, but I also believe that it's not... We have to know the difference between abuse and love. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know the difference. Hmm. They don't know the difference between um, just going through tri trials and tribulations with someone and actually being emotionally or physically abused or um, because honestly, it's a lot of like narcissistic type um, behaviors and psychopathic behavior that people find themselves in relationships. So I want for people to know that, yeah, love is not a game, but it's also not somebody hitting you upside your head. There's no, it's not someone putting you down. It's not some. It's two people fighting mm -hmm. for for their fighting together against their imperfections, right? Like we go, we're gonna come in here with some flaws. We're gonna come in here with some bad, but we're not, we're not fighting each other. We're not fighting against each other, but we fighting against those things that's don't want us to prosper, that don't want us to be happy, that want don't want us to move forward in life. Because I believe those things are the things that you know that carry us down, no matter what it is, whether it's trauma, whether it's uh, a bad relationship, what we had back in, in our teenage years, or you know those type of things. So I don't want anyone to just think that love is just we're gonna go through all these bad things. So that means he get to hit me or she get to hit me. Because there's some men taking some abuse too. There's some men, I see it, I have boys, I have sons, excuse me, my brother hate for me to say boys because they grown men now. I have sons, I, I corrected it, brother, I corrected it, but I have sons. And so I, I'm really key on my boys not dating girls with masculine energy, like, no, because I don't want you to be put in a situation, first of all, for them to hit you and then your sister and your mama show up. That's number one. <laughs> number two, you you know you can hit somebody and they can have a reflex on you. They didn't you know they didn't have time enough to think. And I don't want my boys ever to be in trouble by some muscular woman that's that, that's literally projecting her pain and her hurt on them. So when we talk about abuse, we're not talking one sided. I have brothers. I'm the only girl. So um, we don't want anyone to think that love is abuse. Love is um, being in a relationship where he's unfaithful to you and he's bringing you disease or she bringing you disease. Because I know some men have been cheated on. Like it, it goes both ways for men and women. That's not love um, all the time. Now, I do think that some people have the heart to forgive infidelity, but I don't think that it comes with um, 
someone losing respect for you because it's a different i believe people make mistakes but when somebody lose respect for you that's on a whole nother level that's the reason why i'm divorced i'm not divorced because i gave up or i didn't want to forgive i gave up because the person that i was married to lost respect for me and so that puts you in a whole different um a different bracket so i just wanted to put that out there because i know um that there are some people that's been in some abusive relationship whether it's a man or a woman and that's not love that's not love at all yeah no i i agree wholeheartedly and i, I think you know we'll get to i think some of these other questions you know that you know when it comes to you know setting these ideals of of boundaries you know and if people are you know willing to continue to cross these boundaries you know what does that actually mean uh um, yeah because you don't have to you don't have to have masculine uh, energy as a woman to to project abuse or to abuse somebody like you could be just as feminine you know as you know as you want to be but you know you're still dealing with you know uh trauma or issues or just not just not knowing how to do it all together and or understanding what this person actually means to you i think when we understand the people that that god sends to us and what they mean and if we are connected to the source then there's just something that we won't do there's just something yeah. that we won't do we'll start finding ways you know to to back you know i tell people you know you know out of you know you know what's in your heart comes out of your mouth you know and just because yeah. you have the right to say it that don't mean that you should say it and so sometimes yeah. you gotta go take a drive you gotta go take a walk you know if that person means you know that much to you you don't want to hurt them you don't want to you know uh, you don't want to do something or say something that's literally going to create a riff in the, in the relationship or burn a bridge in a relationship that you can't get back over yeah absolutely i agree with you um so you know you're single what have what have you found to be the most difficult about dating like what's you know what have, i have i don't even get a chance to date i tell you the truth they don't even make it to a date so what <laughs> what have you found to be the most difficult thing about dating um i think that, I, I think for most people um this ideal of why is this person here uh who sent this person was this because i fundamentally believe you know as a christian that people are either sent by god or they're sent by the enemy they're sent by satan um and so i think probably the most frustrating aspect of that is trying to discern who did it who, who sent them yeah right um and so you know just trying to buy into that idea you know if god sent somebody in my life they're here to bless me if satan sent them they're they're in, in to to stress me you know the problem is that sometimes people put up a uh, really good facades in the beginning um you know because it, it made it seem like maybe it was god that sent them you know when it was you know satan all along because uh satan's concept is is uh, has been is and always will be uh to destroy you uh, to kill you, to take away your peace, to take away your joy. Uh, and so though the names of people may change, the concepts of what they are there to do are still the same. Um, and so and so for me, just trying to figure out who sent that person, trying to get a really good idea, um, you know, why are you here? You know, the Bible, the Bible makes this really uh, interesting connection um, with uh, with with Adam when 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 he talks about being alone and then creating Eve and the reason why Eve is created 
because it is God's size responsibility that he has that he can't do by himself. So I often tell people when you meet other individuals, you know, one, you ask them, who sent you? Number two, the question has to be, you know, what, what can I help you with? And yeah. if, if there's nothing I can help you with, then you and I, we, we really don't need to be together. Or how can you help me with this outside responsibility that God has given me that I can't do by myself? So, so most times when we date, we don't look at the big picture. You know, it's just, like I said, it's the honeymoon phase, you know, it's how cute she is or how fine he is. You know, it's not about, you know, um, most people don't know that every individual is a corporation. And so when two people merge, they're literally merging corporations. And so, and so when, when that merger, you know, could possibly happen, because everybody we meet or everybody we date is a potential, right? And so we don't, we don't uh, investigate enough about, you know, this other individual's corporation. Is it going to make sense with mine? Are we going to, if we merge, are we going to make more money or are we going to lose money? Um, and so that idea of just trying to understand why are you here and who sent you? Can you hear me? I can hear you. You back? Yeah. I don't know what happened. It looked, looked like you went dead or something. But we should be still on here. Let me make sure. Sorry, you guys. Can you guys hear me now? And I don't know why my thing is not showing over here in my comments. Hey, let me know if you guys, oh yeah, they can hear us now. They can hear us now. Um, Thank you. Oh, stupid. Stupid stuff on these internets. Um, but um, we were talking about um, what he's, what Regis found uh, most difficult about dating. Um, so um, 
one of the things I found out with a lot of people, I hope you guys come back on, we're back on, and just pause for a moment. One of the things that I found about a lot of people, um, and it was an interesting conversation with a lot of my girlfriends, that I, we always talk about dating and situations. Um, some people, I found a lot of people like really blame God and have this uh, feeling some type of way about, you know, not finding the love of their life, not finding the man of their dream or the woman of their dream, just real salty about the relationships they've had prior to their life, you know, prior to where they're living their reality right now. So um, hope deferred, make the heart sick. Have you ever felt any type of way um, towards God that you didn't, that this, that either this relationship didn't work out or you haven't found your spouse? Have you ever felt some type of way? No, um, no. So, so I, I, I believe that life is built on um, a series of um, of decisions, actions that that we take, whether they're whether they're good or bad. Um, as a matter of fact, I think that the Bible puts it this way: that that we reap what we sow, right? Um, and so, and so personally, um, I think that people. I think there are some things that we get in life that God never intended on us getting. And then conversely, I think there are some things that we we never get in life that God intends for us to get simply by the choices and the decisions that we make. And so when you don't get those things, there's nobody to blame but God. And I think that, in, especially in the area of relationships, you know, we talked about this before, is that that for some reason, people need somebody to blame, i.e. Adam and Eve, you know, uh, opposed to taking responsibility and said, hey, you know what, I just didn't I just didn't make the right decision or, you know, I picked the wrong person or, you know, I was just a, you know, an ass to that person in that relationship, you know, just being responsible for the actions and the decisions that you make in relationships. You know, none of that's none of that's God at all. Because I believe that God gives us the ability, you know, that's why we have these these uh, common senses, right? The ability to see, to think, to feel, you know. So if if we enter into a relationship knowing that the Spirit of God urged us not to, and we do it anyway, yeah, that's not that's not God. That's yeah. that's all you. You know, and uh, you know, for me, um, I never really even in included God in my situation, right? So I just did what you know i thought i was doing the right thing of course i'm older now i was a young girl when i got married but i look back on that and i and i see just me making decisions that i thought would benefit me in the long run um i thought that you know i saw possibilities you know i was trying i was on a search to get something that i didn't get as a kid right because when i grew up i didn't grow up with my dad and so um you know, it's easier to blame other people or, you know, or God. But for me, in order for me to grow, accountability was necessary, like to hold myself accountable. There were some things that I didn't know and I didn't know how I was giving an illustration to my kids, you know, because I, I tell people all the time, I, I look back on my younger years of raising my kids and I go back and I apologize to my kids for some of the things that I just didn't know how to do. And so in order for me to build anything, um, to build any foundation of any home or any, a home or a house or whatever you want to call it, I need all the right tools along with a, with a good, solid foundation. 
I can still have a good solid foundation. But if I don't have all the tools I need to put together the home, I'm still going to miss something. Something's still going to be loose. And I think that when we don't include God and when we don't listen to God, then he's that missing lead. He's that chief cornerstone in that relationship that we need to build on. And I've seen a lot of people, as my pastor, I always say in the pulpit, like we, we, we actually come to God foolishly and blame him for decisions that we made. He didn't tell you to get with that guy. He didn't tell you. that girl tell you know that 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 was the person and you did it on your own and now you're you're reaping the reaping up the benefits or the harvest of your own seed and and i'm gonna tell some people some people that are not married listen be wise because you'll live a lifetime um after a marriage that didn't work out that that thing especially when you got kids involved it, it just don't wash away so it's important, you know, I was told to be careful who I marry based on how my kids were going to look. You know, I wasn't I wasn't really told, you know, hey, watch watch who you marry. You got to have kids by them. But I wasn't necessarily told to watch who I marry so that it won't affect my kids in their everyday life. And I didn't do that. And so in that. I, you know, I made some decisions that didn't just affect me, but also affect my seed. So if there's no, anybody I, out there. No, I, I, I agree. Um, but, but we, but we also have to understand that again, when we enter relationships, you know, especially when it comes to offsprings, like children are hundred percent of you and they are hundred percent of the, of the individual. So, I mean, that's absolutely true in terms of, you know, watching who we connect ourselves to. But again, because so and, and there may be people that are on on Facebook or on YouTube um, and, and they may disagree with this. But 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 I personally believe that there are just some things that God's not going to choose for us. Um, I believe that if if God would choose anything for us, it would be salvation. I believe that salvation is more important than relationships. I believe that it's more important than dating. I believe it's much more important than marriages. And if God could choose anything for us, God would choose salvation. But guess what? God can't even choose salvation for us. And so if God can't choose salvation, why would God choose a mate? We have to make those decisions. Those are the tools that God has given us called the Holy Spirit to give us discernment to make that decision. Again, unfortunately, we step outside of self. We step outside of God and we make the decision based on what we see. God had already told Eve not to eat the fruit. So she knew that that was a tool that was placed inside of her. But she saw how beautiful it was. She saw how it looked and she wondered how it tastes. And so she did it anyway. And she had to suffer the consequences of her actions and her behavior. Yeah. Like, um, like, so God, like God didn't go down. And when she put her hand on the fruit and he slapped her hand for her not to eat it. That's that's not the way God works. Yeah. yeah it, well, when you were saying that, you know, God doesn't choose a mate. Now, this is where men Regis uh, go back and forth on on that, because um, I understand that we we are. That we have free will. So basically, that's what you're saying. We have to make a choice. And God has given us the Holy Spirit, which I, I 100 percent 
um, believe that. I believe that discernment is very important when dating, married, um, because if not, you're going to find yourself in some situations that you really don't even understand. You don't understand the cost of it. Um, but I do believe according to, and we go back and forth, and I, I am just going to throw this out here. Um, I do believe that that God joined together marriages. He said what he has joined together, let no, let no one put us under. Um, but I also do believe that we still have to make a choice and, uh, and have discernment and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us into all truth. Um, if I have, if I had not listened to the Holy Spirit, I would be in some unfruitful relationships to this day. Like I just, I just, I just literally did a matrix just a month ago, dodging a bullet from some little psychopath that, you know, was trying to ensure me that he was, that God told him to marry me. So I was, you know, but the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit spoke to me in the very beginning. And I just let things play out so I could see all the things that the Holy Spirit had already told me. But the Holy Spirit and the discernment is very, very important. Um, being single for a long time, have you ever felt like you wasn't good enough or you're not good enough? Have you felt like, have you taken that as a negative versus a positive? Because, you know, sometimes people say, well, people are asking Why are you still single? And it's wrong with me. I know the song that they feel like it's something that I'm doing wrong. Do you do you feel that way? Do you feel like that you wasn't good enough that you're still single? Um. So I, I used to have this. Um, I used to have this this ideal um, that I had 99 problems, but self esteem wasn't wasn't one of them, right? <laughs> um. But but I think rejection. We do a couple of things um, for you and to you. One of those things is causing you to stand in the mirror and look at yourself. Because the idea of a mirror is not just for reflection, but it's also for correction. And so what I thought was that when people were telling me no, that they were rejecting me, but I don't but I don't think that they were necessarily rejecting me. It's what they saw in me, the Holy Spirit, that they didn't want to put up with or deal with. Um, and so I had to get to a point where it's like, yeah, maybe I'm not everybody's cup of tea. You know, um, and then reevaluating, you know, some things about me. And, and so uh, did I ever think I wasn't good enough? Never thought I wasn't good enough, but I think at every rejection, because I used to be that guy who thought like, if you didn't want to talk to me, like there was something wrong with you. Like, you know, like, look at me, right? Yeah, no, we're, we're not everybody's cup of tea, but again, rejections will cause you, rejection will cause you to stand in the mirror and ask yourself, okay, like, what do I need to change? You know, was it about me? Um, and then sometimes, you know, you you look in the mirror and you're like, hey, I'm good. Ain't nothing wrong with me. And so you take that and, and you move on with it. Um, so I, I, I think it's how we deal with, with, re with rejection um, yeah. and how we deal with um, this idea of, of who we were coming up. 
my mama and my aunties, I, I was raised with number women. And so they were always instilling in me that, you know, I was, I was it, you know, like I was that dude. And so I, I've always taken that. And it's like, if you say no to me, like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with me. There's, there's something wrong with you. Um, but I think in our, in our moments of silence, we have to, we have to get to a place where we're saying, Hey, you know what, maybe there is something, you know, maybe I need to check my attitude, you know, uh, maybe I'm too aggressive or, you know, maybe I'm, I'm too passive. And so it's all, it's always something about, you know, it's always about adjustments or something different that, that we can always do in terms of our approach. And, and, and more so than that, what I've, what I've learned to take is that if, if I am rejected, that is truly part of God saying that this person wasn't for you absolutely in the first place. And so, but, but that takes time that takes, you know, getting to 48, you know, to understand that, you know, that, that, that this is possible. God saying, Hey, you know what? Don't even, don't even worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. That rejection piece is a, is, is a lot because most of the times what I found dating um, or just talking, I would say talking cause I really haven't dated in years. But just talking, trying to get to know somebody, that that rejection thing is the is the is the thing that most people don't work with. They don't work on, like, and you can tell that they don't work on. Just like this this guy that was trying to holler at me, he didn't understand why I was doing it, doing things the way I I was doing it. So uh, he automatically got offended um, when I would say. Um, the truth about something and he, and he will respond to me. Oh, I'm good enough. Oh, I'm good enough. I don't care what you say. Well, I never said that you wasn't good enough. I'm just saying that you're not the person for me. Um, and so he couldn't handle rejection. And um, most people that I, you know, come across, they really can't. They haven't did in, did the work um, um, where they went through their life and found out who rejected you in the first place, why you feel this way, why you act like this in every situation, because rejection ain't always a bad thing. Um, I don't believe that it is. I believe that rejection make us mature, make us look at ourselves, make us grow in areas that we wouldn't grow in unless we was rejected in those areas. And sometimes uh, as um, most people say that that rejection was my protection because we don't really know the extent of who people are God does. All right. No, no. I, so, so some situations, you know, like I said, are we okay? Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I got you. Okay. So for me, I'll be dodging bullets from people that, you know, when I see that you acting overly aggressive because I said no in this area, because once again, you were talking about those boundaries. I have boundaries, you know, and so once again, you know, I'm looking at these areas and you're confirming what I'm already seeing in you through me telling you no, because a lot of people really can't handle no. All they all they want is yes, yes, yes. OK, I, you know, take, take, take. But when you you put those hands up and say, no, I don't. That's not the way I want to do things or that's not what I want to do. I found I found that rejections like one of those like big things in, in this dating scene and, and being in relationship or trying to get to know somebody. It's like a really big thing for me that I see. And I'll be like, oh, no, because there's some place, some people that I just, I, I, no, that's, 
I don't want that responsibility. Some some of it don't become relationship. It becomes this parenting type thing. If I get in a relationship with you, I'm going to have to parent you. And now nah, my kid is grown. Well, but so so I'm so I'm that person who always looks at the flip side of the coin, Mikey. And and even with what you just said, I believe that there are some places in relationships in marriages. Uh, relationships where you're moving toward marriage, where sometimes, you know, you you have to be that person's mother. You have to be that person's father. You have to allow them to cry on you. You have to allow them, you know, to bring issues to you without, you know, no judgment because, you know, a mother's love is different than anybody else's love. You can share with her anything and she's still going to love you the same. But sometimes we look at this ideal of some people, you know, rejection that, oh, I dodged a bullet. But is it possible that you missed a blessing? From a male's perspective, I, I remember, um, I remember some years ago, uh, I'm driving. I think I'm, I was driving in Woodhaven, and I see this young lady. You know, she's fine, and she's on the cell phone. I mean, on the uh, payphone. So this is how long this was. This is how long ago this was. She's on the payphone, and and I'm trying to shoot my shot. And in Texas, you know, it's hot. If she's on the payphone, and I ask her. It, you know, is that your boyfriend? And she says, yes. And I'm like, so that means I can't ask you for your phone number. She says, no, I'm on the phone with my boyfriend. And I'm thinking, mm, you would rather sit in the hot sun with some Negro that's probably in the house talking to you on the phone while you're standing outside, but you miss something that could possibly be much better than what you have. So I, I, I really think it's how, how we look at situations, like at least from a male's perspective. Or, or my perspective. That's that's the way I see it. Sometimes, sometimes we don't dodge bullets. Sometimes we miss blessings. Yeah, I like that. I like that illustration that you just gave. Right. I can see that. But when I say that I dodge some bullets like God come back and confirm that fruit, baby, and that, that fruit don't lie. I I just recently dodged a big old bullet. And, and I'm glad I was out there doing the matrix because it was like literally just last week, it was still God still confirming. And that's what I like about God, because I've never I've never like missed out on an opportunity. Right. Um, I don't feel like I have. I believe that every person that that I went past and bypassed or whatever you want to call it, I believe I know for a fact God showed me the fruit of that thing. So um, I, it, I'm not picky. Some people think, well, you must got all these. I don't have none of that. I really don't. I don't have a certain way that you have to look. First of all, it don't even matter how you look at this point because um, I, I can't I, I can't have no baby. So my kids ain't going to be funny looking. ain't going to get, me, me, you know, mellowed at school, that kind of stuff. But at this point, I just want somebody that's mature, somebody that that know what they want out of life somebody that most definitely have a relationship with jesus christ like that's major for me i, I meet guys that's in ministry i meet guys that are pastors and i'm looking at them like okay i'm expecting i don't see the fruit i, I you know you know who you know who people are by the fruit they bear and so for me it's it's the it's the fundamental things that be missing missing in relationship for me today. It's not like you got to have up the muscles and I 
little body. How, you know, we want to look look like this together. Hey, we can. But it's the fundamental things that I feel like is missing um, when it comes across me uh, meeting guys. And so I can see some people missing out because I know people that have this list. They have this unrealistic list that he can't look like this and he can't look like this and he have to have this. I'm not even looking for that. Give me somebody that's just like a good person that love the Lord, that got the head on straight or something. Yeah, but, you know? but, but Mikey, what if, what if, because, you know, before we entered into a relationship with God, we didn't have a relationship with God. Like we had to enter into one. I think one of the, one of the uh, greatest love stories that I ever heard uh, was Jesse Duplantis. And, you know, he's probably one of the greatest evangelists, you know, of, of his generation. And, you know, before he started preaching, you know, he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't in church when he met his wife, you know, he was in the bars and he was clubbing, you know, but his wife was in church and, you know, based on the example that she said, you know, he gave his life to Christ and look at him now. So I think that sometimes again, we play God way too much in this in this this ideal of what we want versus what God wants for us. And I think there's a thin line that we really have to tread lightly on, um, you know, because in our minds, God wouldn't send us somebody that's not a Christian. But could this person become a Christian or develop a relationship with God based on you, based on your testimony, based on your uh, uh, based on the way you live? It's quite possible. And so sometimes we neglect why this person is in our lives in the first place. And the first thing we say, oh, you know, you don't you're not a Christian. Yeah, I can't talk to you. I, I already know. I already know if that's the way that goes. I, no, I, really I don't, don't do that. I don't do that. Let me let me clarify that, because I've met I have people that that are still like cool with me to this day. Right. I don't not talk to somebody because they're not where I am in ministry or they not a Christian yet or whatever. Um, but I've had guys to date me with no intentions of getting to know my savior. Right. So I don't mm -hmm. just, just X you out because you don't know my God. Right. I don't do that. I still got home, but well, they now homeboys, they was, they were pursuing me, but did nothing come from it, but they still homeboys to this day. Um, that, you know, I still have relationship with and they, you know, respect who I am. And now that they, you know, got out their own way, they can see why. But no, I don't do that. I, I'm really looking for where God is at. And so if he send me someone that that might not been in church all their life, I'm cool with that. As long as I know that he's he's in that mix, that he's in the middle of that mix, you know, and. But I haven't found that, Bridges. I, I, I'm empty-handed, dog. I, I haven't found it, you know. But let me go on. Let me let me talk about creating these boundaries because those boundaries are important. And the more that I talk to guys, I add more boundaries because I find out because, you know, this world is so – this world got so much stuff in it that you, I'm, I'm surprised every time I talk to a guy, I have to add something else to my boundary because I'm not exposed to everything that's in the world. And so when I meet somebody and they bring this whole new world, this something new to me, I have to add it to my boundaries. Have you created healthy boundaries for dating? And what are you doing to honor those? So, so I believe that, I believe that boundaries 
are super important when it comes to the matter of dating, relationships, marriage. However, I'm the flip side, I'm the flip side of the, the coin guy, is that sometimes we have to be very, very careful that that instead of boundaries that we're creating, we're actually building walls. Um, because sometimes we just don't want, we don't want anybody to get in. We, we think we do. And so we're saying that we're setting boundaries, but what we're actually doing is that we're building these walls. And the good thing about walls is that can't nobody get to you. The bad thing about walls is that can't nobody get to you. And so I, I agree with this idea of, of boundaries. You, you have to set them. There has to be limitations uh, you know, of what, what I'm going to accept and what I won't accept. You know, and if you're pushing these boundaries, because boundaries are, you know, trying to see how close you can get without going over. That's that picture uh, that's painted, um, you know, of of um, uh, iniquities, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, things that, uh, you know, things that are happening that we we try to we try to get right next to the, you know, to seeing as possible with without going over. And so you see how much a person respects you or loves you, you see how much we respect and love God by the boundaries that God has set for our lives. And so, and so boundaries, understanding what boundaries are for, right? So it's like, oh, you know, you're not going to cuss me out, right? That's supposed to be a boundary, you know, but, but ask yourself, why is that a boundary? Like, what is, what is the protection of that, right? I believe that God's boundaries are for our protection. So, uh, so setting them, yes. Seeing how far, seeing how close people get to them without going over is important um, because that allows you to understand that this person either respects me or disrespects me. Um, and so you set those early. You set those standards, um, boundaries, standards. You set those early uh, to see how close people will will push those boundaries. Um, but I think also understanding that because we have this um, th these humanistic tendencies. Uh, the sin nature is that people are going to push those boundaries. They're, they're going to push them. We push them. We, we push boundaries. When when people ask us not to do something, we 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 still do it. And when we do it, we say we're sorry, and we we expect for people to forgive us, just as you know we would want them to do us. But but are they boundaries or are they walls? Yeah, I agree. I I believe that there is a lot of walls because people don't want to be hurt. People don't want to go through something that they experienced previously in a relationship that was really, really bad. Um, I tell a lot of people that I spend a lot of time by myself and I put in the work to heal. And so the only way that I'm not putting walls up is that I'm healing. I'm not I'm not afraid to get in a relationship through all the things that I actually went through um, in my marriage after my marriage, during my divorce, I'm not afraid of relationship. I'm not afraid to get back out there, but I did a lot of work. I spent years in counseling. I spent years working on myself, looking in my looking myself in the mirror, breaking down those false um, confidence of myself and working on myself um, to make sure that when I go in a relationship, and I actually did, I think I did really well. I had one relationship that I was in that I could actually see the 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 fruit of my work in that relationship. I was really proud of myself because I could look in there and say, hey, 
this this relationship didn't work but it wasn't because i brought my past into it um it's not because i brought some bags in this thing um i there, you're gonna you're gonna bring some things, but I didn't bring like my trauma of my past in there. The things that I need to work on in a relationship, I can only work on those things in a relationship. Um, and so I was able to see that I didn't, I, I wasn't in there tripping. It wasn't about so it just didn't work out. It wasn't the person. He wasn't the person for me, and I guess I wasn't the person for him. So, but I was able to see the work. And I was really, really proud because I was able also that was important to walk away from the relationship, which was also one of those things like I'm not, you know, here I am. I, I divorced in my late 30s, you know, and so I already had three kids. kids and so automatically I had this fear about who's going to want a woman with three kids, this, that and the other, because that's how the enemy plant those seeds in your head. Like your life is over. You can never recover. You can never do this, that and the other. But what I found with working within myself, I was able to see my own growth. So it's in, it's important that we do the work and we create healthy boundaries and not walls. Uh, one of my favorite movies is uh, Fences with uh, Denzel Washington. And his friend was talking about the good thing about what you said about walls is that nobody can get in. Um, and the bad news is that nobody can get in and that's how it is in our life. So we have to work on ourselves. A lot of people don't work. They don't work on the, their issues. They don't seek help. I am um, one of them people that like, hey, you're going to have to go outside of the church and go get you some counseling. Some of us need some real counseling because a lot of us don't even see what we're doing to ourselves. It's no longer we have boundaries and we have walls. Um, no, you, so so I so I I agree with what, with what you said wholeheartedly, but I think that sometimes in this idea of relationships with other people is that you know when we talk about this idea of boundaries, like we set them, we set those boundaries for them, but but what about the boundaries you set for yourself? Yeah, yeah, because I set boundaries for myself. So that's one of the things that I, that's why I'm saying people have to go and get educated on boundaries, right? So I had assignments. My, I absolutely love my, uh, my counseling because my counselor, because my therapist, because what happens is I have to actually do the work. It's not where I just go and cry out and tell this person, like, do I understand what healthy boundaries are? What do those boundaries look like in relationship? Um, how do I exemplify my own boundaries? Like there's some things that I'm just not going to do. I, I, that's the boundary that I set for myself. If I get into this relationship, this is my boundary. This is how far I can go in this relationship in, in this place, in this area. So that's why I was saying that a lot of people don't do the work. We have to do the work. We have to because we never. I was born in 76, honestly. It. I've never been taught about boundaries. That that didn't come up in no conversations. That didn't come up in church. I was at the at, at our old church for like 14 years. I never heard anything about boundaries. I never heard any of the things that I know now because we didn't talk about those things. We didn't teach those things. And so that's why I have this platform because I believe that there are some things that are not being taught 
within the walls of the church that need to be taught that you need boundaries, not just in dating. You need boundaries with the pastor. You need boundaries with your friends. You need boundaries with your parents, even boundaries with your children. Like boundaries are important. One of my favorite scripture, it says that God placed boundaries in the sea so that the water would overstep his command. And so if God is setting boundaries, then of course we need to set boundaries too um in and, our lives and and i agree with that and i love what you talked about i love when you said that about how god set these boundaries and that's a that's a law that god set it's a universal law and so like when you set boundaries your boundaries have to be universal right so if if you're saying to a guy that i don't want you to disrespect me or to curse me but you allow your son or your daughter to disrespect you or curse you or anybody, then that opens the door for anybody to disrespect you. So, so the way you carry out your boundaries has to be universal. That's for it. That's for it. And so when you're with somebody, that person has to be able to say, Oh yeah, like, yeah, she don't, she don't take no shit. Like she ain't gonna let nobody disrespect her. So that means I'm not going to disrespect her. But if you allow one person to do it, then you open the door for everybody to do it. And so I think that those boundaries has to be universal for everybody in your life. Right. Um, but they got to be set. They got to be set. Uh, it's, it's hard because sometimes they're hard conversations. Uh, you know, the, the way you talk to me, I didn't appreciate that. Um, and so because you don't know me, you don't really know the way I roll. Uh, that one was for free. Yeah. But the next yeah. one, the next one. Yeah. We ain't gonna do this no more. And you have to yeah. stick to it. You have yeah, to stick absolutely. to it. You cannot you cannot bluff in the moment. The moment somebody calls you a bluff, you're done. Absolutely. You're done. Absolutely. You're going <laughs> to so be, be, be taking shit the rest of the relationship. Right. Is this, so, is this a Christian podcast? I shouldn't be cussing. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't be cussing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, edit that out. Can you edit that out? Nah, I can't edit it out. No. But they didn't right. hear it before. <laughs> they didn't hear that word before. So, um, my next question to you is um, what do what is something that you used to believe about a relationship that you no longer do? Because mm. you grow and the stuff that I believed in my my young years when I was a younger, I don't believe none of that stuff no more. So what are some things that you you believed about relationship that you don't anymore? Uh, I used to believe. I used to believe that love, loving somebody conquer all um that all you need to do was love somebody more that you you know you love them past you know whatever faults and failures they have um but but love is not enough loving somebody is not a love there are there are millions of people who are divorced and they still love each other but yeah. love didn't stop them from getting a divorce so I think there's something more that keeps yeah. a relationship together. Uh, and I believe it was that, that, that glue that we was talking about yeah. uh, because, of, because, of, because sometimes of our um, imperfect painted picture of what love really is. Um, and so with that being said, that, that I, don't, I don't think that you can love people enough not to be able to walk away when it's time to walk away. Yeah. I don't think that love uh, is going to make you stay in some stuff that you shouldn't be in. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to figure out because a lot of times I love be tainted 
by an ideal um, of what we taught ourselves about love. And I'm one of those people that I tell people all the time that I, I, I literally almost stayed too long. I should have, I should have been and got my stuff and left. I should have been and got out that thing. And I, I, I learned in that, that if I can't love myself first, if I don't love me more, then I, 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 I'm at risk of letting, allowing somebody else to show me their love that might not be right for me. So I, I don't do that at all anymore. If it, uh, if it, change my definition of love for myself i'm out of there like i'm not staying um i get my skates and i skate on i'm i'm gone like for real for real and i don't take back if i let you go there ain't no coming back because it was the reason why i left the first place what you said you don't you don't chew gum twice i don't you don't even have the same taste no more it's hard it's nasty all the sugar gone like let's it goes to trash Um, what lessons were unforgettable, um, that you learned in your past relationship? I think, I think connecting to individuals that didn't see model relationships. Okay. Um, Connecting to people who um, they didn't see healthy marriages because I, I didn't see healthy marriages. My uh, my grandparents were you know married forever, um, and I don't doubt that they didn't love each other, but there was constant arguing, and I didn't um, I, I didn't know if that was the kind of thing I should take to a relationship. Like you know that's the way you do it, but you know meeting somebody else who didn't see healthy you know relationships modeled or you know, didn't, you know, wasn't raised with a father. I wasn't raised with my father. What does that ideal look like, you know, as a man going into a relationship? Um, so, so, so some must haves uh, for, for individuals connecting to each other. I think there's some, some, again, some tough conversations that you have to have about what's, what was missing, you know, what, yeah. what you don't have. Um, yeah. And, and am I, and am I going to be, um, Am I going to be enough for you? You know, can I feel those those voids in those in those places? And so, um, and and sometimes that that happens um, because sometimes you don't intend to stay, right? But but seeing the old preacher used to say, you know, makes us stay longer than we intended to stay. Yeah. Um, and and the longer you're in quicksand, the harder it is to get out of. Um, you know, so. Those were lessons that that uh, that's that's that definitely I, I'll never forget. Me too. Uh, I'm not in the. Um, I, I don't feel like that I should fill people voids either, um, because I believe that voids usually when you find a void, it's a place that no one should be there but God anyway. And so we try to put people in places in our lives that they're not capable of producing in those areas. So I, I, I learned one of my favorite quotes is that I, um, what I found out about people, because not only do we don't want people, I don't want to fill other people voids. Well, I don't want, I don't want nobody trying to fill my voids, but I don't want to fill other people voids as well. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is that 
in a relationship, whether it's friendship or whatever. I am in change, but I am not willing to be manipulated to feel what you can feel fulfilled. And a lot of people want a feeling and they want you to, and what happens is that when you start trying to fill voids in people, it don't last because you're not equipped to do those areas. And so they still pushing you and turning on you and tugging on you to fill areas of their life that you cannot fill. And so they blame you in relationships where you cannot adequately fill spaces in their life that you was never never supposed to feel in the first place so that's that's just how i look at things because i've been in friendships i've been in relationships where people wanted me they was like constantly draining me because they when that when that feeling went away then they wanted to pull back on me and i didn't have anything else to give them so it's important that we understand that we cannot feel people voice we can we can bring a love that's that can heal hearts and change minds, but we cannot feel voids in people's life. We need to know what was there from the first place. What, why is it empty now? Why are you trying to fill it with some stuff that's not going to last? So, um, right, and I, that's yeah, no, and I agree, and th and that's because sometimes, uh, Mikey, people don't people don't know if they've connected themselves to a lover or to a leech. And, and the reason why that is, is because I don't know if you've ever had a leash on you before, but you don't feel them attach themselves to you. You only feel yourself getting weak, but you don't know why, because you still don't feel the leash. Yeah. And yeah. so sometimes we connect ourselves to those individuals, whether it's a romantic relationship or whether it's friendship or even whether it's family, but they're just draining you because you, you, you're feeling the void but you're losing yourself and killing yourself in the process. Yeah. And so quickly realizing that now nah, this, this person is trying to take from me versus give to me. One of the, one of the telltale signs about a good relationship, uh, Mikey is, is when people are willing to, to give to you, to, to, um, you know, we quote this scripture all the time. And I think that like, for God so loved the world that he that he gave. Yeah. That he gave, right? And, and we understand it was it was life, but that was also a gift. God yeah. gave us a gift. And so when people when people are given to you, when they're blessing you, like that's a telltale sign that that you are in the, that you're moving in the right direction. They want to constantly bless you. And I mean it doesn't have to be anything, you know, big or monetary. You know, it's you know, it could be helping push your dreams. Yeah. You know, it could be it could be blessing you with yeah. with encouraging words. You know, yeah. they're they're willing to give to you. Uh, unfortunately, there are some people just they they don't have those life skills. And everybody's not born with life skills. Those are things yeah. that we have to learn as we move through our life. Yeah. You know, uh, like you know our, our mindset. I like what you said. Some of us need to make sure that we don't have no leeches on us. If you're feeling weak today, <laughs> if you're feeling weak every day, maybe it's because you have a leech attached to you and you don't know it. You've been in some muddy waters. You've been in some swamps with somebody and you don't realize that them leeches and attach themselves to you. And now you just drain because those type of people really do drain you. And listen, I'm not in a space, in a place in my life, in a season in my life that I allow leeches to, to drain me. The, the, 
as soon as I see a weakness in what we have built together, like I might, I might shoot you the deuce <laughs> real quick because I ain't in that space. I ain't in that season. One of the things that you said, and I'm going to go to our next question, is that you said that it's a giver thing. Like I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm looking for someone that we, we trying to beat each other giving. Like we, and it's not really a competition, but it's just who we are. I'm a giver by nature. And so it's easy for me to give. It's hard for me to receive, but it's easy for me to give. But now that I'm in a you know different mindset of just learning the mature end of receiving as well, I understand that things have to be reciprocated. And I'm looking for someone that can give, not how I give, but the way that God has allowed them to give, whoever right. they are in their own personality, how they give and be acceptable in a relationship. Um, I heard a I heard a pastor a friend of mine uh, heard it preached a couple of Sundays ago, and one of the things he said he said don't let nobody out good you. He said I know that's incorrect language. He said but don't let nobody out good you. You know if 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 you make me a sandwich, you know I'm gonna make you a hamburger. You know if you buy me a car, I'm gonna buy you a house. And 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 think about that. Think about that. Think about how that that looks in that relationship. If if you're always trying to one up the other, they do yeah. for you, and yeah. then you do something for them. They do then they have. You know, that's those those are two people that are making sure that that that, that those individuals or the other individual understands that that I'm here for you and that that I have your back and that and that I'm going to give not necessarily the same as you're giving, but I'm but I'm going to give because because I, I don't think that there's really a, a scale that can determine like who who gives more. But I think yeah. as long as both people are giving, I think that you, you may have you may be on to something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think social media help or harm relationships? Um, I, I think for me, I, I think that it can create a false sense of uh, what happiness really is. Um, I think that Facebook can become a weapon of mass distraction because at a glance, everybody on Facebook, everybody on Instagram, they 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 look good. They they look happy. You know, you don't really see too many people posting, you know, sad pictures. You know, you don't see too many people posting pictures on, you know, being arrested and I'm finna go to jail. You know, I did something stupid. You know, you know, it's always the good stuff. Um, even even in this idea of of relationships and you know, I know Jada and Will gets, you know, get get a bad knock, you know, about their relationships. You know, but 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 they're open and honest about some faults and some failures and some things that have gone on in their relationships. So so if social media uh, plays a positive part, it should be it should be more real. Um, and so people can't take people can't take their cues about relationship and about love uh, from people who who uh, uh, who just got out of a relationship or can't keep nobody. Yeah. So so I think that, you know, again, in, in its perspective, um, you know, because you're not going to stop anybody from getting on social media. As a matter of fact, some people we stay glued to TikTok. We stay glued to Facebook. We stay you know, glued to Instagram. It's not going to change. But what are you looking for? Yeah. What, what, what are you looking for? And I often tell people sometimes you got to put down your cell phone and get on your soul phone if you really want answers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think that social media take too much of our time. I think that we spend too much time on social media. 
um, looking for ideals and looking for things that we we're not gonna really find on there anyway. Um, comparing there, yourself, comparing yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm in comparison kills. Like it'll take you all the way down. You have to find out who you are, what your ideal, what God's ideal for your life look like, and what you know how you're gonna try to get there. And you can't do that on social media. Cause God ain't God ain't God want you to Himself. He don't want you implementing idols for Him to give you instructions and um, plans and you know things that He's gonna tell you that you can only get from Him by spending time with Him. Um, do you think that there's a such thing as moving too fast? Um, you know, I I think that's a. I think that's a that's a question for two people. Um, I, I think that people should move at the speed of their own love. I agree. Um, here's, I agree here's what I can say. Um, when I was writing my first book, I, I wanted to know if there was this um, if there was this thing to um, to a love at first sight. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because I was in a conversation with a friend of mine and she told me she had met this guy and he wanted to, he wanted to, he was always talking about, he was already talking about marriage. And she was like, Oh, you, you know, he, he moving too fast. Like that's too fast for me. And I'm like, but, but Keisha, like you was with the other dude and he wasn't talking about none of that. And he was moving <laughs> too slow. Like, 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 so, and I fundamentally understood, fundamentally understood that she had more interest in the other guy than she had that she had in this guy. So I wanted to know if there was something to this, this idea called love at first sight. So I would go to Brahms in Arlington and I would interview these, these uh, married couples and I would ask them, um, the person that you're married to today, uh, when, when did you know you wanted to marry them? And it's crazy because over 73% of those people said, I knew it when I first met them. So then I asked him another question. Well, how long did it take you to marry them yeah. while dating? The statistics went up in less than six months of knowing. And, and I'm not saying that it doesn't take years to marry somebody, because I think that, that people have to be sure within themselves that this is something I want to get into. Because yeah. there are some people who, who once they're married, they don't want a divorce. Like they want to make sure that, that this is it, right? And so they're, you know, they're, they're constantly, you know, doing investigations, trying to make sure that this is it. Um, you know, but people should move at the speed of their own love. Yeah. You know, when um, when I'll, you go ahead, Fred, I'm sorry. I'm no, no, sorry. I'm just saying that I just I just think that when it's when it's right and ready for them, it's right and ready for them. And I think yeah. that again, sometimes we operate inside our relationships the way the outside world would like for us to operate. Yeah. I, I would say the key thing is discernment. Um, that would be what you need in any in, in relationship. Um, but when I was a little girl, just growing up, and my mom would sit on the porch and talk to me and my sister-in-law, because at that time, it was me and my sister-in-law. We was really uh, cool. And all my friends that grew up with me, they know my mama. So as we was growing up, my mom would always tell me, she would always say this, you can't find this in the Bible, but you can find this in, a, in some 75, 76-year-old women. My mom would always tell me that it never takes a man a long time to know who his wife is. 
he know who she is when he see her. And so um, if you're in a relationship with a guy and it's taking him forever to to marry you, most likely he don't see you as that wife. Um, uh, some of some men have to grow into, but the majority of the men know their wife when they see them. And I have actually used that and kept that with me because I, I, I see that. I see when I talk to men that have been married, they, that's, the, that's what they tell me. I knew that that was my wife. Now, but on the other hand, that's why I'm telling y'all to use that discernment because I me, I, I have men knock on my door all the time telling me they they my husband. So be, uh, be wise. <laughs> be wise in it. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think that what I think that what God speaks to one person, God confirms in another person. You know, that's yeah. why I'm not. That's why I'm not necessarily one of the you know big fan of these you know these these modern day prophets. You know, God told me to tell you. I'm like, mm, that's interesting because he ain't, he ain't tell me none of that. Um, you know, but I, I I you know again I think that there are conversations that two individuals should have about concepts of marriages and. You know what 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 scares you about marriage you know uh you know is there a fear you know why is this taking so long to have those tough conversations because i believe that there's a psychology to everything but until we have those tough conversations you'll never get to the root of anything if you don't do self-work you'll never get to the root of anything absolutely. so I, so so sometimes i think that a man you're absolutely right he knows but but he's also scared and he's scared yeah. for a reason and so we have to dig into those. Like there's a there's a little boy in him that needs to be talked to and nobody's talking to him. So yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think wholeness eliminates loneliness? No. No. Um, you know, imagine Adam having one-on-ones with God all by himself like got all these animals kicking it but he got god like he like like one of the things i hate to hear women say is like jesus is my man i, I hate that with a passion like jesus is not your man like jesus i think that when god operates in this world god operates through people when satan operates in this world he operates through people mm -hmm. so i think that god uses people to fill god's voids with that being said, is that there are some times where we can we can we can be whole, uh, we can have God. We we sleep with a Bible, but we're still lonely because there are some things that God is just not to us, and a mate is not one of those. Yeah. So you know I disagree with it, right? And um, me and my friend had the same debate, and she she felt the same way you did. Um, being that I've been by myself for so long, like I don't feel lonely. There's, I don't feel like there's nothing I desire. Now, don't get my desires mixed up uh, with my, you know, I, I desire to be my, you know, when I was young, I didn't want to be nobody wife. <laughs> Uh, I know that I'm wife material. I know that, that, that when I go into a relationship to date for marriage, the, you're going to see the white part of me. You're going to see who I am, who I would be if you were married to me. Um, as far as how I operate, not not sexual or nothing like that, because I practice absence. I, I, I'm celibate for years, 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 years. But um, um, 
but for me, I think that my wholeness, what I, all the work that I put in my, put in to my own life through, through Christ, I, this wholeness, I just don't feel lonely. I don't know if, um, it's because I was married before. Do that make the difference? Um, I don't know, but I do know there's a wholeness in me. And even though I I desire to be married, I'm not lonely. I, I'm just not. I think I, I think it's more about my faith base too, because I also believe that eventually, um, whenever God plans come all together and everything work for my good, that there will be somebody there. But you talking to somebody that's been by herself for some well over 10 years, almost going well, maybe 15 years. So, but I, I don't never feel lonely. So I think that, so, so here's, so I think that words mean something, right? And, yeah. you know, for me, uh, you know, trying to be a good student, like, like I try to answer the question the way the question is posed. But if you if you take the position that you take, then we definitely would have to argue Genesis when God is saying that he sees he, he sees Adam and it's God and Adam. But he sees Adam in a disposition and he's saying it is not good for man to be alone. Like so even though I have God, I still want more. There's something there's something more. There's something missing that, that I need. And that's why he created. That's why he created this this concept of Eve, because he was lonely. Um, so I think if it's the idea of how bad do I want it? And I think that Adam wanted it bad enough. I think Adam wanted it bad enough, uh, to make God move on his behalf. And sometimes I believe that some people just don't want it bad enough. They just wait and they say, oh, that when God's ready, then God's going to do it. I don't know. I don't know if God works that way. I think that we, um, we ignite God to move on our behalf. God's not going to move on your behalf and he doesn't have your permission. It, it, it doesn't work that way. Well, and so I think it's, so I think it's, I think it's, I think it's how bad we want it. I, my if, desire is to want it, right? But see, I kind of disagree with that because I know someone that waited 40 years literally 40 years i know someone just went to the wedding this past june this past last year in july like she waited 40 years um that means she got married as a virgin at 40 years old um and she desired to be married but um there was still this you know i guess it's i guess it's how you look at it because some people For me, just from the experience that I've had with some people, I don't think that they've done the work. I think that they they still trying to fill voids. I, I think that they, they're desiring something that they're not really ready for. And that's what made me like talk about like, don't wake something up, don't wake love before it's time because you're desiring something that you're not ready for. But then, you know, that's the only reason why you feel the way you, it's, it's tricky for me because sometimes those things too can become idols. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but Mikey, if, but if what you're saying is true, if what you're saying is true and that God is pulling all these strings, then it's God that decides when you're ready and not us. No, not in this sense. No. What I'm saying is that 
what I'm saying, not that God is pulling our strings. Or, well, he can. Because where I'm at in my life right now, he pulled my strings. I didn't even know that I even had strings. So it could be if it's in his will, if it's part of your destiny. So it can be. Like, I'm here because he has some strings on me. And nowhere around me was indicating that I would be in church, even, even, even as a preacher, you know, there was nothing around me that surrounded me that, that told me that about myself. Right. And so I believe that if it's part of your destiny, if it's part of the plans that God has for your life, then he might pull some strings for you. But I'm just saying a lot of these women, I don't feel like they, they just lonely and they done work. I feel like that they lonely and they haven't done the work. They haven't worked on themselves. They really haven't worked on the things um, that they need to work on to become whole. There's a difference between being healed and being whole. Um, when you think about the um, the 12 lepers, you know, uh, was it 12 or 10? The lepers in the Bible. That, yeah. uh, was it 10? It was 10, not 12, wasn't it? It was 10. 10 lepers that, that got healed, but only one was made whole, right? So wholeness to me brings a different result than just being healed. And I think that a lot of people might be working on healing, but they also need to, they need to also work on being whole too. And I, for me, for me, just being as, and I'm just being a witness. Like I've been in this thing for a long time and I've been celibate for a long time. Um, and I don't, I desire to be married. If a man walk up in here right now I, and he's my guy, I'm shooting everybody. I'm seeing, I'm shooting all the single ladies deuces. I'm gone, but I still feel whole. I still feel complete. I don't feel like, and I guess that's another thing because when I talk about my definition of love, yeah, he, I want him to bring some love that he can offer me or that he can give in the relationship. But if he happened not to give me anything, I'm not going to change how I feel about myself. And so that's when I talk about like nobody's going to change my definition of love. Either you can love me more, but you can't love me less. Right. But 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 your question was, does wholeness eliminates loneliness like that? That yeah. means like it's like that means it's done, like it's eradicated, like it's no longer there. And because and because loneliness is is a feeling, like it's going to creep up. Like like you can't tell me that there are not moments where it's like, man, like I really want to be with somebody. No, like I, that's, haven't had, like, I really haven't had those moments. That's why I said maybe it's because I've been married. I'm willing to wait. Like my mindset is, I'm waiting. I'm not gonna um, just do anything. I'm waiting on that person. Like I'm out here. I'm I'm out here dating or trying to date or whatever, but I don't like feel lonely. I can go out and eat by myself. I can be by myself. I don't know if it's because I'm an introvert. I don't know, but I don't feel lonely. And I've met some people that feel the same way. So you got, I mean, I guess it depends on the person, but I feel like wholeness really does eliminate lonely. Even if you take the relationship out of, take out dating out of the, the box and you just say, just in your life in general, you know, the enemy comes and he tells us that you by yourself. You're never alone. You're never lonely. You're never by yourself. You got something called the Holy Spirit that lives within you. 
And so I think if we adapt that that part of that mindset of feeling lonely when we're really not alone, we might not have what we want at that time. Then it might create some ways where the enemy can manipulate our minds to make us feel a certain kind of way that's really not true. So that's what I'm talking about, that wholeness piece. And that's but once again, I did a lot of work like I'm still working. I still go to therapy. I still I don't see as much as I used to because I've done so much work. But when I get to a place in my life and I can't figure it out, then that's that's where I go. And I say, hey, I need to talk about this and kind of put things in perspective. Um, I'm going to close out because um, we've been over here pretty long, lengthy. Um, what question would you uh, would you want to answer? I'm going to pick one. We got a few more left. Which one would you want to answer that you really want to answer on tonight? Um, I don't know. You had, you had a couple on there. You had 13 and 13 and 14, which I think that they are, I think they're one into two uh, where you talk about uh, what make love, what makes love or relationship work. Uh, then you say, because the devil knows what we like, um, you know, that, I think those two, two questions, I think that they should, they could be combined, but I do think that they should definitely be talked about. Um, okay. Because I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that that the devil knows what we like. Uh, I believe that the devil knows what we need. Uh, when Jesus was being tested by Satan, it wasn't that that Jesus uh, wanted some bread or some some water. He he needed it, and so and so Satan tempted him. From that perspective, he he will always tempt you by what you don't have inside. Uh, that's what a that's what a mirage is. Is something that that's missing on the inside of you. That's that you see on the outside of you that may not necessarily be real. Um, and so, I'm, I'm always a little leery sometimes when we when we throw in this this concept of you know uh, Satan does and Satan does, uh, which means that I think that we give too much power and control to Satan. And again, not enough responsibility, right? Um, like we, we, again, we need somebody to blame. We we're quick to blame. And so when relationships are not working, um, for the most part, the reason why the relationship is not working is because of you, um, because you don't have a foundation of a relationship. Um, and fundamentally what your life looks like in totality in terms of what God wants for you and the individual that you're with. If you are married or getting married, I simply believe that it's because God has something for you two to do together, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be something, you know, huge, but it's, it's something because that's one of the purposes for marriage. You know, whether it's bringing a kid into the world, it's going to be the next, you know, whoever, uh, you know, or building a great ministry or, you know, being this guy, like there's a reason why it's happening. Um, it's not something that we just get into lightly. Uh, so I think that those two questions, um, you know, they could be talked about, but yeah, I, I run my mouth and that's probably going to be another 30 minute, you know, question right there. So, yeah. So um, I like how you put that, but I still, I still kind of believe that he, he knows what we like to he, he knows what we desire. Um, and every time we desire something, it's not always a godly desire, right? Because we're, we're flawed people. It's some things that I would, if I could get away with it, 
and do it, I would do it. So I believe both what you said, what we need. I love that illustration about, you know, I'm a Bible girl. Uh, I love that illustration about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Um, I love that you said that he know what he needed, you know, turns these bread, uh, turn these stones into bread. He was hungry. So, of course, that. But then I also believe that he knows what we like as well. If uh, if we could have our way and not reap what we sow and not offend God, we would do a whole bunch of things. So well, in the, that, the, the reason why the reason why I brought that up is is because, like, you know, with with what we know is the 66 books in the Bible. When, when you look at that, you think about you think about out of out of all the end of, out of out of the places that out of all the people that that could possibly be in those 66 books. And, and what we read, how many people do you actually see Satan talking to? Jesus. Jesus is one. Uh, yeah. You put me on the spot. Um, let's, say, let's, let's say Adam and Eve. That's in Genesis, right? In Genesis, right. Uh, But but who else, who else is he out here tricking? Who else is he out here, you know, doing stuff to? Like, like that's like that's us. Like, again, we need we need somebody to blame. The responsibility. But like, also, when, when you when you say that, still even with that, when Jesus rebuked Peter, he rebuked Satan in Peter. So then you come to the point where you talk about the possession of people like yeah some of us the enemy the enemy that's in me every time i try to do good evil is always present in me so he don't necessarily have to talk to us when he when he lives in us sometimes you know what i'm saying so even with that um right, right. so so like you mentioned earlier that that god called you to preach right yes did, did god make you preach it, it was um, your it was yours to accept it was mine to because it's free will right if yeah. am i going to do it or am i not going to do it when when jesus was tempted by satan jesus had the opportunity to either do or not do he chose not to even if we are yeah. even if we are tempted by the enemy we still we still have a choice to do or not to do like like it's impact and just like relationships when somebody approaches us if we have these 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 uh these ideals of what we think people are and 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 we like like have you ever have you ever looked at somebody or looked at relationships with people like you know she's getting the hell beat out of her and you're like why she's still with him but then there's this other dude that really wants to do her right and she don't even want to talk to him like those are like those are decisions that we make like men and women like we do them we just make bad decisions and when we I don't get the result when we don't get the result that we're looking for, somehow we got to find somebody to blame. And that person, yeah. that entity is going to always be Satan because we don't want to look at the mirror because we don't we don't want correction. Yeah, I believe that they got to hold us to accountability. I do believe that. Um, I do believe that. I believe that he hold us to accountability as at some point in some place. But then I also believe with you know, with the Holy Spirit that there are some decisions that we made 
because we were led by the spirit to make those decisions, right? So the Bible tells us that we do nothing on our own, but it's God that gives the initiative. And so that's that's kind of that's that's kind of tricky on on one end because I know that even though God called me to preach, it was something that was living inside of me that gave me the desires, you know, to preach. So I believe that was also God. Um, I didn't know all the stuff that I was going to have to go through, though, you know, but <laughs> to get to this place or to be the person that I am today. But I believe that the desires that he placed in my heart also, you know, and I also believe that I can't turn back. I also believe that if I'm, I have made a decision, not if I have made a decision that I was going to walk away. There were some things that I experienced in the life of the church through the the man of God that made me walk away, and I yeah. didn't come back on my own. But it was God that pulled the, those those strings that I'm talking about. There are situations because I believe that at some point in our destiny and our purpose, that even when I was reading in the uh, that there's some things that God is just not. It, his name is on the line. It's gonna he gonna make his, we're gonna do some things because I because his name is on the line. And I believe that sometimes in our life, depending on what it is, that God pulled that string and say, up, oh, come back. And I believe that in my life, if he not, had not pulled that string, I would not be sitting with you today. Hey, come back. It wasn't my decision because I made my decision to walk away. But he's a good shepherd. He comes after us. When we stray away, when we leave his pasture, he come after us. And I'm that one he came after. So that's my take on it. Um, thank you so much, friend, for being on here. Thank you for being um, who you are. Um, and I don't change that. Uh, I, like I told you, I don't agree with everything that you say, but I most definitely respect you. I respect you, and I thank you for being my friend. Um, I thank you for coming on. Um, he's going to put at the bottom in the chat about his books. Um, he have a, a a book about relationship, a compass for a companionship, dating in the right direction. He wrote a another book um, that's uh, just recently been published. I've read, I haven't read the um, dating book, but I have read the Eye in the Storm, Surviving Storms of Life. Hey, you guys, support um, Regis, support each other. Um, I thank you guys for your patience on here tonight. Thank you guys for always. Uh, for some reason, I couldn't see all you guys' um, comments or everything. It didn't show up on the on the feed on today. But uh, I will have to go back on Facebook and look at all your comments. But thank you, guys. Thank you guys for your patience. Thank you guys for supporting. Hey, if you know someone that that you know you didn't have discussion with your friends or something like that and this this topic and what we were talking about on today um kind of got your attention share this share this with people so that we can kind of get like an understanding of what to expect when, when we talk about what love is um that's all i have tonight reaches would you like to um close us out in prayer yeah just let me say uh i appreciate the space that you create and i think that um I, th I think that men and women, especially in, in the black community, we need to have more conversations like this, you know, not one-on-one, -on -one, but I think, you know, sometimes create these, you know, these panels where we can actually come together um, and, and heal together because there's healing in community. And so sometimes 
you know, our wires are crossed because women are doing their thing and men are doing their thing. And uh, I think we're, we're pitted against each other way too much opposed to coming together, uh, having understandings about what you're going through, what I'm going through, and then trying to kind of, you know, have some kind of resolve. Um, because whether you believe it or not, uh, the black family is, is, is failing. Um, the family is 2000 years older than the church. So before there was a church, there was a family. And yeah. the church has always gotten its cue from the family. So if the family is getting it right, then the church will somehow get it right. And then the world would get it right. Um, but the, it seems like the black family, we're going this direction. And, and these ideologies that we're teaching, especially when it comes to these things right here, dating, you know, connecting to people. Like right now, like we live in a society set where like it is really cool to be a baby dad and a baby mama and not have uh, a man in the household. Like, and I believe that that is probably the greatest, um, um, uh, the most important part as to why the family, the black family is failing is because of, of that situation. But, but creating spaces like this where we can have more conversations to get a better understanding of who we are, where we've been and where we're trying to go. And I thank you, Mike, for being brave enough uh, to create these uh, these kind of spaces. God, we thank you. We we love you. We adore you. We appreciate you. We thank you for being patient with us, God. We thank you for being uh, kind to us, God. When uh, when we're nasty to people, when we're mean to people, when we're ugly to people, God, you uh, you still love us anyway, God. And we appreciate you for that. We thank you that whatever was said on this podcast, God, uh, it sparked something in somebody's heart and their minds to do better. It challenged them to change a thought process, God, to, to say that I want to, I want more, I want to do more. I even just want to get closer to you so I can get closer to somebody else. God, again, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. This is the prayer we ask in your son, Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, friend. Um, hey, you guys, next week, um, we'll have couples. I have two married couples that will be on on next week. We're still talking about what love is. I am excited about that. Uh, you know, when I close out, I tell you, sis, be wise, have understanding, create your own boldness and seek your own change. Thank you guys for being patient with us tonight. I pray that you've been blessed and I will see you next week. Good night.